It's gardening talkback. Now, Scott, garden grubs still... Well, is it garden grub? Lawn grub. Army grubs, yeah. Army lawn grub. grubs, whatever you want to call just them. Just grubs. Just grubs, yeah. <laughs> they're just grubs. They're grubs for the lawn. Yep, and they're pretty potent at the moment. They have been really potent. They've done quite a lot of damage. And now, unfortunately, I think because of this uh, cold snap, I think people's lawns are probably going to have a bit of trouble coming back. Yep, that's uh, not an issue with my lawn at the moment. But what, uh, what happened with your lawn? It's come back. It's just every, I made it only a week ago, and it's all shot back up again. And what about Mr. Tomato? Head. That's still there. Oh. I'm yet to get rid of the tomato. Oh, is it like an island of just juicy goodness in the middle of your lawn? Is it, it is, but there's no tomatoes on there. It's oh. just this little plant. How tall has it got to now? Um, probably, I don't know, about a metre. Oh, okay. So you can't use it yeah. as a clothesline yet, no, for instance. Yet, no. no, you can't hang. No, hang. although it's pretty close to the clothesline. <laughs> you can't, can't hang your jeans off it yet. <laughs> no, no, not at all. <laughs> yeah, look, army grub still is a problem for people. And uh, it has been rampant, you know, when it's been warm and humid. And now all of a sudden it's gone cold. So the lawns are going to have trouble uh, coming back. Yep. I, I think the best thing to uh, try and get your lawn back is to, a general fertiliser. Yep. But also uh, sea salt. Because sea salt is fantastic for the root system of plants. And so you can spray that all over your lawn and uh, hopefully try and regenerate the root system because that's what the army grub's been in there eating. Yes, oh, okay. it will have a nibble away on the, on the leaves and things as well. But primarily it's down there going gobble, gobble, gobble on the uh, on the root system. It's not a turkey. Okay, it's not like an underground turkey or anything. Uh, it is a gobbling away there on the root system of the lawn. So sea salt is fantastic and any other general one. But if you're going to do it, get into it now. Uh, Fertilise away now in the next couple of weeks before it really does start to get colder and uh, try and regenerate your lawn through winter because once you get into the middle of winter, especially if you've got buffalo lawn, uh, she just won't yep. come back. You were asking before about you know some other alternative methods. Yeah, to you get... can, is there any other way you can get rid of the bugs can you go through individually and get them no look foreign? they're all they're all there's there's lots and lots of them in under the ground yeah. so you need some sort of you know special you know meter um you know like the yeah. ghostbusters used to use for instance just to find out where they all are yeah so what did they have they had the uh, psychokinetic energy meter the pke <laughs> or mr, mr. <laughs> dr spengler used to use that but uh, unfortunately there's nothing like that for army grubs so uh uh, yeah, so the Ghostbusters, you know, the Army Grub Busters aren't going to be right, really I'm sure, good. I'm sure someone will think of something like that. Well, eventually. there you go. Look, there yet again, you and I have come up with another great idea. Yeah. Uh, look, we've, we've just got patents, you know, a whole list of patents, yeah. and, uh, you know, we should be you know, getting oh. some financing for once, this. Once we start actually doing them. Yeah, we'll, we'll just be on a Caribbean island sitting back <laughs> on our yacht. We'll, ne we'll never be here again, but... Uh, yeah. Sea salt for your army grubs, that's a good idea. That'll, uh, that'll try and, uh, you know, regenerate the lawn yep. for you. So you just essentially really can't get rid of them, so to speak. Well, you can. You can use um, pesticides to get yep. rid of them. Uh, but, you know, they would have almost largely gone away now that it's starting to cool down. Yep. It's, you know, just, it's just a climate, climate thing, you know, when it's warm and humid. Bang, they come in and, you know, the sun's at the right angle or something for them. And uh, along they come. Uh, but, yeah, look, damage is obviously done. You get those big brown patches in your lawn. Uh, start using sea salt to try and regenerate your lawn and a general fertiliser. Very good. It's Gardening Talk back on 2NURFM. We've got Sean from Ellamore Vale, and he's got a question about an orange tree. G'day, Sean. How can we help you with it, mate? Uh, hi, Scott. Uh, first time caller, long time listener, oh. as they say. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, we, we love it when people say that, and you were the first person to ever say that to us. <laughs> so congratulations oh, congratulations for being brave enough and ringing us up. Um, we've got a question about an orange tree. Yes. Um, Towards the end of uh, summer, it started sort of dying off and the leaves wilting and browning up. And um, a friend uh, said that it could have had uh, borers in it. Said, I, I put some borer, um, like, 
stuff that I picked up from a uh, local nursery, in, and it didn't seem to do much. So I'm sort of a bit concerned that my tree's off the med to make up. Yeah, so how old's the tree, Sean? Uh, it's probably about, I don't know, it was, in, it was here when we moved in, but it was quite, it's quite large, so I'm probably thinking it's over 10 year old. Oh, mate, it sounds almost even older than you. Oh, well, we'll see. <laughs> and when you say, is it just dying off, you know, its branches individually, or is it, you know, a, a uniform dying off of the plant? Um, sort of uniform, really. Like, you can sort of see it move through the top of the tree and then work its way down. Yeah, look, that does sound like borer. Have you had a look around, you know, the intersections of the branches uh, to see if there's any holes or any sawdust or any cracked bark uh, on the plant? Um, I haven't, no. Yeah, well, look, that's probably a good idea to go out and have a look at that because once a tree starts to get to, to that age, uh, you know, the bark can start to crack. Uh, that's when you start to get incursions of insects and borer insects in particular uh, into citrus trees. Uh, what you can do is you can uh, get uh, this insectomycula. You can inject that into any of the holes that you find. You have to be careful about using it on certain plants because you can't use insect and mite killer on uh, lemons uh, or Seville oranges as well. So be careful about that. Just make sure you know what uh, sort of tree you've got out there. And the yeah. other thing you can do is get a product called SteriPrune, uh, which is it's actually a tar-based paint. And you can get that as an aerosol or just as a paint-on. And any areas where you find cracked bark, you can actually paint that over there to try and protect, you know, the inner layer. It sort of creates its own, you know, a, a sort of false bark on the plant, I guess. It's almost like a skin transplant for the citrus. And uh, plug up any of those holes with some wood putty as well. And you can tar use the uh, tar-based paint, the steriprune on those holes as well to try and seal them up. Oh, okay. Um, and is there any sort of time limit on after using that product before, like, you if, if the tree survives to eat oranges, if it reproduces, or...? Yeah, so look, usually on there you'll find a withholding period. I think for that one there it's uh, 14 days on that particular product. But, uh, oh, okay. yeah, probably the best way to think about that is if you're going to have to use it... Um, don't use the fruit for that season if you've got it that bad. And as well as that, yep. allowing fruit to go on a plant like that that's unhealthy is just going to stress it out even more. So if you do see it starting to flower in fruit, I'd be actually taking that off, even giving the plant a light prune uh, to try and reduce that uh, stress on the plant. The main thing is to do, mate, is to go down uh, to the backyard uh, and have a look at the plant and see if you're getting any frass, any sawdust coming out uh, from the intersections, uh, you know, from the branches, because that, that's where the borers are. Or if you've got a lot of cracked bark, that's going to be a problem for you as well. Okay, sounds good. Okay, good luck with it. Okay, thanks very much. Cheers, have a good afternoon, mate. You too, bye-bye. Bye. Cheers, Sean. It's Guardian Talkback on 2NURFM. We've got Grant from Redhead, and he's got a question about his lawn. Hey, Grant, how can we help you with it, mate? Oh, well, good day, Scott. Um... Yeah, mate, it's, it's not a real problem, it's just more an interesting question. Um, I've got a, a lawn at Redhead, I've, I've laid it a, a little while ago, but there's something that's been digging up from underneath it, and it's not eating the grass or anything, but it's just making all these piles of dirt. And uh, I just wondering what it might do. Yeah, mate, I mean, they're actually earthworms uh, when they're yeah, in there. Do- so is it actually harming the grass at all, or...? No, 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 no. Yeah, so look, you've actually, you've actually got earthworms there, mate, and they're actually a good thing uh, for the grass because they're in there digging away and as they eat and do whatever they do with the dirt, it comes out the other end, and uh, that's that's actually a great thing for the for the lawn. So I wouldn't be too concerned okay, about mate, that. Good on you. Yeah, I wouldn't be concerned about that at all, mate. Oh, righty. Yeah, it was just interesting. It's only sort of in a, 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 a like a couple of metre area, mm-hmm. but... 
Um, so, so I'll just, I'll just spread the, the dirt around and put it back in and leave them alone. Absolutely. And I think the other benefit, uh, you know, out where you are, are at Redhead, no doubt you've got pretty sandy soil out there, I should imagine. Yeah, yeah, but I, I put a bit of, I, I put a bit of, um, like, like other soil in on mm-hmm. top, no one allowed the grass, yeah, so yeah. there's a couple of, you know, about an inch or so of good sort of soil, and they've just been digging that up, but it's mainly, it's real sandy, actually. Yeah. Down so the, the fact that you've got those earthworms in there, they're actually improving the soil for you, so that's a great oh, thing but, to have out uh, around Redhead, where you've got a lot of sandy soil, It's uh, they're actually going to be improving the soil for you over time, so oh, yeah, mate, don't, don't, try and get, don't try and get rid of them, they're your friends. Good on, mate. And just before I go, um, I just like to say I like listening to music and 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 the way you talk, you you speak nice, and um, you've got a good radio station there. So keep it up, okay? Well, no, oh, cheers. Thanks very much, Grant. Thank you. Thanks okay. very much, for that, Grant. Okay. See you, boys. Cheers. Have a good, have, day. You have a good right. afternoon, mate. Bye bye. Okay. Thank you. It must have a bit of positive feedback. Well, we love positive feedback, don't we? And we like first-time callers as well. That was probably the highlight of my life. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and we've got Peter from Walls End. And he's got a question about a fruit fly bait. How can we help you, Peter? G'day, Scott. How are you, mate? Yeah, pretty well, mate. Good, good. Look, uh, just a question. Uh, have you ever heard of Eco Natural Law fruit fly bait? Yes, I have, mate, yes. Yeah, well, um, I've got some apricot trees, uh, or, sorry, peach trees uh, in my yard, and I bought this Eco stuff on early spring, and I used it as bait, and I had... My fruit was full of flies, so oh. I was just wondering if it works or not. Well, look, uh, we, we can only go by the manufacturer's claims, and uh, look, it, it, they, I think it does work. I, you know, we certainly sell it and recommend it. Uh, the other thing to keep in mind, though, is when you've got fruit fly, you have to use a variety of methods. You need to use the trapping. You need to use a bit of spraying as well. Yeah, um, well, I used uh, a wild may. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. It comes from Queensland, and it was catched, like, in the bottles on that, like, the, the bait trap. Yeah. And it was catching the fruit fly like anything, and I thought, well, I might try this in a concentrated inside a bottle with the holes in it, mm-hmm. and not one fly went in there. So I thought, oh, <laughs> does it work? <laughs> I mean, maybe give it a miss next year. They maybe out your way, they just didn't like it. <laughs> oh God, I got a liter of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but look, I think the th- the thing with fruit fly is always to use a, you know a number of methods to try and keep them under control. Yeah. Just don't rely on on trapping. And baiting, use some you know sprays every now and again. Uh, you can also mix up some Vegemite in a paste if you oh. want to, and put a little bit of malathion into that, and you can. Uh, and that, and it works beautiful. Yeah, you can let the chooks out and make bloody dig around the trees eating the larvae. Yeah. So look, if, even if you don't paint it on the tree, you can put a couple of stakes around the tree and paint it on some timber stakes, and you know it'll still come for that as well. So yeah, look with fruit fly. Hopefully, you know the season's passing now, but. Uh, uh, always, uh, you know, you try and use a variety of methods to yeah. keep them under oh, well, control. I've got to do, just one more question, if yeah, I could, Scott. Yep. Uh, I've got chilies growing, and I, they seem, seem to be rotten, like there's a grub goes inside them. You wouldn't know how to eradicate them. Oh, look, that, that's... Uh, so you've actually got a grub in burying inside the chilli, have you? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, look, that's something you'd probably have to use a dust for. Uh, so, you know, it used to be called, well, we still call it, call it Deris dust. It's not Deris dust anymore. It's, you know, not, not as bad as, as it used to be. It's, you know, it's quite usable. So you'd actually dust around there to try and keep the, uh, the moths from landing and laying their eggs uh, around the uh, chilies and then boring in there for you. Yeah, well, I've got some beautiful chilies and, and <laughs> pick them and they've got grub in them. So anyway, thanks okay, a lot, Scott. Well, look, if, if you've found any, you see, you know, noticeable holes, you might as well pick those off and discard them in the garbage. But then if you've got any green ones that you still think are okay, make sure you use some dust and uh, keep it under control that way. 
Okay, thanks very much. Guys. Okay, you have a good afternoon, Peter. Yeah, have a good one too, buddy. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye. Don't want anyone messing with your chilies. Oh, you certainly don't, do you? I don't think anything got involved with chilies. I thought they were fine. I thought everyone... They all left them alone. Well, I thought that too, because usually, uh, you know, I've recommended uh, making up, you know, chilli and garlic sprays as sort of a natural uh, spray to keep things away. But, uh, well, there must be some sort of, uh, you know, hot-headed grub going in there. That just loves it. Yeah, I know. Because they'd be the seeds. That's the hottest part. I know. That's that's amazing, isn't it? It'd be eating its mouth. It'd be hot. And I can think of something else and be hot with it as well. (laughs) (laughs) It's Gardening Talk back on 2 RFM. We've got Diane from Curry. And she's trying to get rid of moss in her garden. Oh, Diane, where is it? In the shady areas or all over? Um, well, it's sort of shady half the day. Yeah. And half the day it's got sunlight on it. But we've got quite an amount of um, moss growing. And um, we heard slasher yes. is the thing to put on it. Yes. But we've been to Bunnings and all those sorts of places and we can't get it. Okay. Well, look, uh, most uh, garden centres, you know, local garden centres will have slasher. Uh, so, look, I, I certainly recommend it. We use it uh, at our nursery ourselves and we use it on moss as well and it really gets rid of it quite nicely. Uh, we use it on other weeds as well. We don't use it on, you know, really woody weeds uh, mm. because we find that... You know, you'll, you'll burn the foliage off on those, but then there's enough oomph in the plant in the in the woody weed to come back after time. But certainly those yeah. soft weeds, we use it on. And uh, yeah, look, definitely on moss, we use it uh, around the nursery, around the paths and things to try and keep it under control there. So okay, so garden centre. Yeah, your local garden centre should have it. Okay, thank okay, you. Excellent. Thank bye. you very much for that, Diane. Good luck with it. Yep. Bye. Cheers, Diane. It's Gardening Talk back on 2 and you are at FM, 49216216, and it's Julie. And she'd like to know what edible plants can be raised in a garden bed. Uh, hey, Julie, uh, what, sort of stuff do you like, what sort of stuff do you like eating? Well, I've got chard, leeks and sugar snap peas in now, yeah. but I've still got spare space. <laughs> okay, well, you're probably best to put in you know, some sort of contained plants like uh, broccoli, Broccoli, sorry, I sounded a little bit uh, American then, didn't I? Uh, That's okay, I know what you mean. Or you you can put in cabbage as well, because uh, or cauliflower, because they stay as a nice contained uh, little size. Uh, And so you're not going to take over your your raised garden bed using those, you know, planting those sort of plants. Anything else? Uh, Well, I guess uh, if you wanted to, you put a couple of chilli plants in there and certainly herbs as well. But be careful about putting herbs like mint in because mint will run everywhere and take over. Uh, Oh, no, I've got a tub for mint. Oh, excellent. I've got my mint, my chives, my thyme in another tub away. Mm -hmm. Yes. So I can't go in that one. But I just wanted more edibles planted that's all yeah so look unfortunately this time of year as it gets cold you are restricted to you know the the cabbage cauliflower broccoli you know those sort of plants uh, mm-hmm. and once it warms up again then you can put your uh, tomatoes and things back in again and get an eggplant as well if you're into eggplant uh, but no, just at, not you know, really just at this time of year you're a little bit restricted to you know those winter vegetables okay, okay. thank you very much excellent Bye. you have a nice afternoon julie and good luck uh, with getting something onto the table I will. Okay. <laughs> bye. Cheers, bye. I find most people are 50-50 when it comes to eggplant. Oh, it's really? Like, it's like coriander. People love it or they just don't like it. Yeah, but eggplant soaks up the flavour of whatever you're cooking and makes it yummy and delicious. Okay. Yes. It's not too bad grilled as well. It uh, does taste nice like that. I think it actually soaks up the taste of the grill, and quite frankly, that's the only reason we barbecue, isn't it? So we can get the <laughs> taste, taste of the, the, gr- yeah, the grill. The grill, yeah. Exactly. You've got the broccolini in front of you. Do you want yes. to jump into that now? I suppose we can jump into this. It's uh, broccoli or... Broccoli, broccolini, 
leaning lie. Brock Lai. I just don't want to sound too American. I, I, I don't mind the we're Americans. Not, we're but, watching uh, too much Sesame Street. I have been, haven't I? I don't mind the Americans, but um, geez, they get up to some capers sometimes. Uh, look, this is a, a baby one. It's got edible stems and the, the florets, the top part, yep. the little flowery bit. And uh, look, they're fantastic for container growing because they're just not going to get too big on you. They'll only get to about 60 to 80 centimetres high, uh, so quite containable. Uh, you know, they'll take morning sun to full sun. So if you've got a tiny little bit of shade, they'll handle that as well, you know, in the afternoon shade. And uh, you'll be able to harvest them in about 12 to 14 weeks. So it does take some time uh, to get broccoli to, um, to grow. To get it going. Yeah, to get it going. Um, but yeah, so um, 12 to 14 weeks, you'll have a decent sized plant on there. After about six weeks, though, um, you know, you'll get some side shoots. I guess if you want to remove those and eat them, you can. But it's also helpful to remove those side shoots uh, to uh, get the plant uh, growing a little bit better, to get that floret really nice up the top. So that's a broccoli bambino, a little small growing one with nice, tasty, juicy little uh, florets on it, little flowers to eat. Happy days. Yeah, I don't, I don't mind broccoli. I mm. probably prefer Brussels sprouts, but they're much harder to grow here. Are they? Yeah, I've never That's had much success here. Yeah, I like them. Like mm. a little mini cabbage and that burst of flavour when you bite into them. Exactly right. Yeah. We'll whiz it up. Anyway, we're not, we're not doing a cooking show. No, we wish <laughs> well, we should be. We should be in here frying away and barbecuing away. It's Gardening Talkback on 2 and you are FM, 49216216. And we've got Max from Brankston. And he's got scale on top of his branches. Hey, Max, have you been uh, trying to treat them already, mate? I thought it was only attacking me chestnut trees, but this morning I noticed it's up the jacaranda trees. It's mainly on the tops of the branches, mm -hmm. and the outer ends die off. Yeah, so... Now, all I've done so far is spray them with uh, copper oxychloride. Ah, uh, well, that, that's that's going to do zip, unfortunately, for uh, scale, mate. You've, um, you're spraying with completely the wrong thing. Uh, yep, so copper oxychloride is a chemical that you would use for a fungal problem. Uh, yep. So scale's actually a little insect that uh, gets blown around in the wind. It lands on your tree. It forms a little waxy shell over the top and it sort of hides away in there and sucks away at the sap. So that's why you're probably seeing it up on the tops of the branches where it's nice and juicy and the, plant, uh, the insect likes to get there and uh, eat away. Well, it's, um, I mean, sometimes this stuff grows on fences. Oh. Yeah. So, mate... It's a sort of a thing that's um, a bit like a cauliflower, only it's flat. Right, so that's, you might not have scale in that case. No, might not. Uh, so when what? you said scale, I'm, I'm thinking like a little insect. Um, yeah, so no. mate, are you able to take a picture of that and send it to us? Probably could. Oh. I, haven't, I haven't got the phone to take the picture. Oh, okay, okay. Look, that's all right then. Um, look, can you just give us a little bit more of a brief description so I can try and pick it out for you, what it might be? Well, look, I, I told you about the copper oxychloride because yep. 25 years ago, um, when I was at my mother's place, I used a similar sort of thing. Um, and I'm not too sure whether it did the tree any good or not. Mm. But, um, yeah, and this thing's even, even attacking a... A bohemia tree that's here. Right. Well, look, I mean, the, the thing about copper oxychloride is it's not going to harm the tree. So using no. it's certainly not going to harm the tree. If you're finding it's killing, you know, what whatever this thing is on your plants, then, uh, you know, that's obviously going to be helpful. But certainly using it's not going to harm the tree in any way. So if you want to continue using it, do so. Yeah. Um, but, uh, mate, look, if you can, you know, take a picture or prize a piece of it off the fence or wherever you've got it and take it into your local garden centre... Um, yep. and, and get them to identify it for you. And yep. 
and then uh, you know they, they'll probably be able to give, well they will be able to give you something to uh, to get rid of it. But yeah. otherwise, look, mate, we do have an email address where if you can get a picture of it, you can certainly email it to us, and I'll return um, give you an answer by the email. And Greg, uh, our barrel girl, is going to give us the email address now. <laughs> that email address is gardening at twoinuartfm.com. So that's oh, that's an. Oh, yeah. I, I keep on um, saying that's an easy one, but I forget it every week. And well, well hmm. these, um, the one of the Cape chestnut trees would be probably eighty year old. Mm. So, so would it be? Would the tree be getting near the end of its time, or is it global warming affecting them? And <laughs> I mean, we're in the Hunter Valley here with a lot of muck flying around in the air. Yeah, look, it, it could be a factor of all those things. But if you're seeing something growing up on the top of the tree. Um, yep. then I'm more inclined to think that, you know, it's not the age of the tree. Um, you know, it could be those other factors you're mentioning, but yep. uh, I'd certainly, you know, try and... Well, let's try and identify it for you, mate, and uh, see if we can get rid of it um, right. in some way. Okay. Okay, brilliant. Right Thank you very much. Okay, you have a good afternoon, Max. Okay, bye. Cheers, bye-bye. I'd love to see a photo of that. be interesting to see what it is. Yeah. So what is our email address again? It is gardening at 2 com. Excellent. So it's a nice, simple one for people to remember, except for me. Except for you. Yeah, yeah. But we'll get there. We will. We'll get there. We've got James from Rathmines, and he's got questions about bok choy and cabbage. Okay, James, you're looking to do some cooking as well, mate? No, 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 we we, we do cook them, but uh, I was just wondering how, how do we stop the white butterflies from getting on them and ruin them? Uh, yeah, that, that's a real problem, isn't it? It's, it's like, uh, you know, you plant cabbage, uh, you know, cauliflower, any of the brassicas, you, you plant them, and, and that white... Uh, White butterflies, it's like drawn into it, isn't it? It's amazing how quickly they come to you. Uh, mate, look, the only thing you can really do is um, dust, uh, you know, with the deris dust. Um, yeah, yeah, we use that, but the trouble is that dust sticks to the leaves and yeah. it's not easy to get off. Yeah, look, unfortunately, that is the only product that's around. Uh, look, otherwise, you'd have to use a general pyrethrum spray. It's probably safe enough to use around edible plants. And, uh, you know, if you're seeing them out there, then you'd go and spray at that time and actually try and contact them with them on the, with a the pyrethrum. But, uh, look, unfortunately, there's nothing else to, to use except for that deris dust. Yeah, we keep as many wasps nests around as we can because the wasps tend to, uh, oh, yeah. to uh, get the grubs and kill them, but... Apart from that, it's, it's the spray, it's that white powder stuff. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately, that, that's all there is. And, and the pyrethrum spray, you can spray that over there. That should keep the grubs under control. If you see any moths, um, you know, give it a spray with that as well. Okay, cheers. Okay, Thank sorry, you. mate, I'm not the sure. bearer of good tidings, but that's un- you're doing the right thing already. You just have to, you know, okay. keep on to it. Thank you. Okay, thanks, Bye. James. Cheers, bye-bye. Cheers, best of luck, James. We've got Ian from Wollombi, and he's got a question about cit- citrus trees. How can I help you with your uh, citrus, Ian? Hello, Scott. How are you? Yeah, pretty well, mate. Scott, I've got some citrus trees, um, oranges, lemons, all of it, and they're three-year-old. And above the graph, it, where the, the, um, the, mm-hmm. the there and the Washington Naval, everything's going great. And all of a sudden, out of some of the branches, it looks like rootstock with big thorns. Mm. Yeah, well, that, that's that's probably what it is, weirdly enough. Uh, now, the thing is, though, that will usually come from below the bud or below the graft. Uh, so you, you you might be sort of mis um, you know misdiagnosing it there. You might be thinking that it's coming from above the graft, but it actually could be coming from below. So, look, all I'd do is I'd just get in and prune that away, uh, try and trace it back down to wherever you can and just prune that, that away. Sorry, where it is, Scott, is, is, say, three inches above the ground where the knob is, where the rootstock is. Yes. You know, then then the, uh, the um, 
watching the neighbour weaver mm-hmm. for instance, it's above that. Now, this is three feet above that, right? Yep. All the, all the leaves are perfect, you know, and suddenly one or two of these things coming out of the, the ordinary part of the orange, coming out, growing massively quick yes. and massive thorns on them. Yeah, look, that's well, well above the graft. Yeah, okay, uh, that does sound unusual. And you have been getting oranges off the plant as well. I have. Yeah, okay. So you have a mistake because some people, you know, plant it and the rootstock takes over and they don't recognise that, and uh, you know, they're, they're sort of nurturing this plant that's really just root, rootstock and it's not going to do any good. Uh, any for them uh look again i would just prune those out i wouldn't be too concerned about it uh, once you've pruned it get a bit of sandpaper and just rub where you've pruned it away and that uh, usually stops it coming back from that area all right so i i, I, I cut them off mm-hmm. so i'll have to go back and sandpaper yeah just to just lightly sandpaper over it just to uh, stop any extra growth coming from that area and then mate if you get i was talking to a bloke before i think it was sean uh from out at uh, illamore vale uh, about uh, his citrus tree, and you can get a product called Steri Prune, and you just uh, spray that on there just to uh, seal up any wound that uh, you know might be there from where you've cut it off. Thanks very much. Okay, good luck Bye. with it. Anyway, have a good day. Okay, thanks, Ian. Bye-bye. Cheers, thanks, Ian. It's Gardening Talk back on 2 RFM. Scott, I think we've got time for one more caller. I'll squeeze that caller in. And it is Dawn from Adamstown, and she's got a question about succulent. How can we help you with them, Dawn? Oh, hello, Scott. Um, I've got a succulent. In a pot, I think it's a, called a flapjack. Oh yes, yeah. Big, big leaf. Yep. And it's got white, like powder on mm. the stem part of it, and there's some little babies coming up too, and the white powder sort of thing is in the middle of the the little baby's uh, leaves. Mm-hmm. So what what is that? Are you noticing any stunting in the plant as it's as it's growing up there, or? No, no, it's going quite well. Okay, look, I, I have I have seen them with that funny white powder on them. The other thing they can All on the stem. Yeah, yeah, the other thing they can get is mealybug, and that's why you might be finding it down in the crevices of where the new leaves are coming out. And uh, mealybug just almost looks like a white powder, but if you look really carefully, yeah. you can see yeah. the little guy actually crawling around in there. Sort of, <laughs> yeah. he, yeah. he uh, yeah. tries to camouflage himself. Uh, so you can get rid of mealybug. Uh, you have to use uh, usually malathon or some white oil and just try and choke it out. So you just spray that around the stems of the plant and that should get rid of any mealy bug for you. Yeah, and, and that would do for the uh, white powdery stuff on the stem of the... Yeah, if, if, it, the, if it is mealy bug, that'll get rid of it. But um, otherwise, you know, is it in... You know, white powder can be like a mildew as well. Uh, so you could use a, a fungal spray like a copper spray on there if you needed to, see what happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, look, again, if you've got a photo of it, um, you know, with your phone, you can send it to us at... Uh, at gardening at 2 com, And we'll have a look at it and, okay. and uh, mm-hmm. give you some definite advice about it. But uh, look, it could either be yeah. merely bug, uh, it could just be the, you know, the natural white powder on the plant, uh, or it could be a uh, fungal disease, a mildew that it's getting on there. So uh, I would be, uh, yeah, just send us in a picture. Um, but look, certainly if you're treating it for merely bug, that's not going to harm the plant in any way. So if you've got oh, some okay. uh, yeah. malathon and white oil, or uh, mm-hmm. you can mix that together and uh, use that on the plant, certainly not going to harm at all. Mm. You think it could be natural for it to have it on it? It could be. I have seen that that uh, white sort of almost like talcum powder on those flapjacks yes, before. That's, so that's what it says. Yeah, yeah, so look, it may be something to not be concerned about, but if it's sort of gotten okay. that one step further, um, you know, because merely bug yes. looks the same. Uh, so yes. it's just, you yeah, know, a bit hard to, that, yeah, yes. a bit hard to yes. identify unless you've actually seen it. Okay, yeah. And what's your... Um, not, uh, Address again? Uh, it's gardening at 2 com. Okay.
Okay. Thank okay. you. Thank you very much thank for you. that. Okay, thank you have a good you. afternoon, Dawn. Cheers. Thank you very much, Dawn. Dawn. Guarding Talkback on Turn Your RFM. Scott Shutt, we are nearly out of time for another week, but is there a couple more things you want to throw our way before we head on out? If you want to plant uh, violas and pansies at the moment, ideal time to do it now that it's cooled down. If you want to uh, brighten up your autumn and your winter as time goes on, a viola citrus mix. It looks absolutely stunning. It's got whites with little yellow centres on them. It's got yellows. It's got oranges. So it's going to really give a splash of citrus colours uh, to the, your uh, pots or if you've got garden beds and you want to, you know, give them a little splash of colour, uh, viola citrus is the way to go at this time of year. Very good. Nice way to end. Perfect. Very fruit and vegetable today, wasn't it? And we liked it, didn't it? Brightened up the day for us. Exactly right. It is all for Gardening Talkback of Easter Monday. We are not here next week for Easter Monday. No, the Easter Bunny's coming along. Yeah, so you get a bit of a mess, Scott. Okay. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.